you will experience the full power of the dark side. Welcome everyone. This is new episode of the Inland Empire Aces, episode seventeen. Um, today we have Mason. How are you doing, Mason? Pretty good. How are you doing, Trevor? Pretty great. Um, not as good as Mitch here, our other host. How are you doing, Mitch? I'm doing good. Pretty rested and relaxed after the uh, after the world. So that was pretty good. And we'll talk about your world's run um, a little bit later on. You want to talk about the announcements and events for us, Mitch? Oh, we got a couple. Um, so we've got the uh, SoCal X-Wing Discord channel. Um, it's been up and running for a little bit over a month. It's in the notes. Um, but basically, it has it has a ton of um, you know channels and sub channels for all the various local communities in the area. Um, also, we'd like to uh, give a mention out to one of our sponsors, uh, TMK Clubhouse. Um, website address can be found on the notes. Um, don't uh, forget come on, promo code TIEACES for 5% off on their online store. Um, they also got a link to the TIEACES calendar for uh, their um, vassal or t- tabletop tournaments and other events throughout the month. It has pretty much that, that calendar has all the events for SoCal, like the normal GMI events, gameology, everything. So, um, if you follow that calendar, then you'll always have the events up there. Alrighty. Um, before we get into your run, Mitch, um, I want to make a small note before we discuss it. While it is important to both the game and the community to have a healthy discussion about strategies and game mechanics, it is never okay to harass or threaten another player over it. However, many people have cyberbullied Mitch online during and after the event, such as saying things that he wasn't playing X-Wing and FFG should penalize, ban, and made unnecessary comments towards him. Some even brought morals into the mix. At the event itself, the way many high-profile players interact with Mitch can also be considered hostile. Players yelling at the judges about being spineless, players talking to other players, or taking other players aside to tell and warn them about how he was playing created a negative environment during their games. We should mention how one should act in a situation such as this one. The new world champion, Ollie Pocknell, is an outstanding member of the community and was quite positive with Mitch even after receiving one of these talks. He took Mitch's strategy and found a way to crack it, all while being friendly and courteous towards Mitch before, during, and after the match. Regardless of whether he integrated those thoughts or not, he stayed respectful and pleasant. Players should respect judges and their decisions either way, and if they have a design problem, then do not resort to harassment towards the player that is playing within the rules or the judge. Brent Wong, one of the highest caliber judges in the world, and the judge at the event said, just because you disagree with the tactic a player used does not make that tactic illegal, regardless of if I agree or disagree with a strategy, I must treat all players with fairness, and I try my best to remain impartial. All of you deserve and warrant no less. So here at Inland Empire Aces, we are quite proud of Mitch. Mitch has been playing this list um, since second edition came out, and he played for four-star Vipers and Sunny during much of first edition. His hard work has paid off, and now the world knows 
but we locally have always known Mitch is one of the world's best players. So with saying that, we're not going to talk any more about what happened at Worlds as far as the situation and the strategy Mitch used with what some are calling mobile fortressing. We're not going to get into the drama and what happened, but we're going to kind of want to stay positive throughout this episode and kind of congratulate you, Mitch. Spoilers, you made top four. Um, and so we want to go in through that run and how you did it. Yeah, this is definitely all about the fine, uh, fine people and interesting lists that I got to see and meet while we were uh, while I was making my run. So um, I apologize if I don't have um, all of the, you know, most of the names. Um, I didn't get a chance to write down the names of the people I met in Swiss. Um, a couple of them I remember because they stood out. Um, but if you guys want to give me a shout out or, uh, you know, a heads up on Facebook, I'd love to hear from you guys. You guys were all great opponents. With that, I'm just going to get right into it. So, as I mentioned in the my and the uh, fly better interview, one of my biggest takeaways from this is there were no gimme rounds. Like at most tournaments, you get you know your casual player or the guy who isn't on you know that that crazy competitive level, and you usually got a couple rounds before just the filter that is Swiss starts to push all the better players in an area like near each other in worlds. Everybody that, you know, everyone that was there either kicked over a hyperspace trial, top eight at a, you know, system open or one, you know, something bigger. Like the easiest way in was to still, you know, gamble on it and show up and have a winning record in the LCQ. So, you know, everybody was here, knew how to fly and knew how to fly well. So that said, round one ran into some palp defenders. Um, I had actually never actually had a chance to practice against this list. And I'd seen, I think two or three of them on the tables throughout the day. Individually, he had um, Emperor Palpatine and on a shuttle and uh, two of the Deltas, I think with uh, heavy laser cannons, if I remember correctly, definitely a bit of maneuvering to the beginning of the round um, before either was uh, either one of us would commit to a lane of attack. This game ended on a pretty near one when um, I think I had picked off the shuttle, but he had take, taken a Star Viper of mine, and I had like half points on, or I think I had half points on one of my Vipers. I can't remember if I had knocked out the uh, shuttles or not. Or I'm not the shuttle, but the uh, if I had taken half on either of his defenders. Um, but it was definitely a very, uh, very intricate game. With those defenders, did you have trouble doing damage? Since you were all firing before them, they could like choose to spend their focus and not have to worry too much about it. It was struggle. It was a little bit of a struggle to push damage through. Um, I think I only did about two or three damage to his defenders throughout the game. I think I focused mainly on the shuttle. Like I think most of the maneuvering was to make sure that I could get a line of attack behind the shuttle, and he did a really good job of reinforcing it. So it made took me a while to even get that damage. So I think he, he clipped a rock on his way in on his uh, first approach. And I just, you know, once once we had lined up a joust, I just kind of slid off to the side. And then because he couldn't K-Torn because of the board edge, it took him a couple rounds to, you know, rally up and follow behind me um, while I was bur- trying to burn down the shuttle. So you won that one. It was, was it as easy as you thought or as hard as you thought going into your first game at Worlds? Like looking at the matchup, I thought it was going to be pretty easy. Um, the opponent definitely made me work harder than I expected for it. He he flew like you know once he figured out that I was going for the shuttle he took appropriate action to defend it you know he's throwing a faster speed moves um, 
reinforcing every turn with the shuttle just to make it, you know, make take, you know, every round that it did to finally burn it down. Hmm. Um, and give, you know, give his defenders every chance that they needed to get back into the, uh, into the fight. So one round done and you felt pretty good, right? You got your first win done. Yeah, um, actually, uh, Becky, my, my wife Becky's doing notes for me here. Apparently, she uh, she she looked up the name the the gentleman that I fought was Chance Crawford. So that was uh, she would give a shout out to him. The next game, um, I believe, was Ryan Fleming. Um, this was the one I think I lost. He had a Rep- I call it Republic Toolkit. Um, it had Obi Wan with a uh, Delta and Sense, um, a one o fourth, a Jedi Knight with Chopper, and a Naked Rick. This one was an interesting one. I like, you know, I went into the cut corner to start, um, and he just he ran me down. Um, high speed moves for everybody. Um, he shot in and over a rock with a four straight that just barely cleared a rock, and like dumped his uh, his hundred and fourth squadron arc just right in the middle of uh, in the middle of my guys. At the same time, he's bringing in the Jedi Knight with Chopper. And basically the whole point of that Jedi Knight is probably what won him the game was it would just throw jam tokens on my guys every turn and just sit in the way. I managed to kill off Obi-Wan, but the uh, end game I think turned into, I think I had two Star Vipers versus the Jedi Knight and Jedi Knight and Rick. Um, and just without ever getting mods or actions, math just wasn't, wasn't there for me. Gotcha. So kind of a follow-up question on Chopper there. I, I haven't seen Chopper played yet. Chopper's, um, from what I understand, is very kind of a controlling astromech because you've really got to focus on your positioning. And now your entire strategy is to kind of set up and figure out where your opponent's going. And the fact that he was he was gunning it right at you and giving you all that he had, um, as, as far as positioning goes, did you have to... How did you kind of play around Chopper? Because I know you said he was getting a lot of jam tokens on you. I, I didn't really get to play around him successfully, and that's part of what cost me the game. I was down, um, I picked up, I think I killed Obi-Wan, and I killed the Ark, um, and I just lost too much to, I think I had only gotten like some decent beads on the Delta once or twice. Um, and I think I was shooting something else every time I had it in Ark, or the, the, yeah. the Jedi Knight, so... You know, he got the Jedi Knight got into the end game, and it was just like the perfect, the perfect wingman for Rick. I couldn't put any damage through on Rick because every time I got to shoot Rick, I'm shooting with no mods. You know, either he blocked me or he just landed near me and went, "Hey, let me, you know, let me have those tokens, please." Yeah, he flew it perfectly, and it um it won him the game. So his list is actually a take from um, Stay on the Leader blog, David Sutcliffe. He changes it around a little bit, but the core pieces are there. Chopper, Obi-Wan, 104th. Um, he had a second 104th and the Y-Wing with Ion cannon turret. What's that one called? Broadside. So, like, But the basic strategy is there, and like you're just controlling your opponent with Chopper and just causing havoc the whole game. So I can see how that uh, caused you trouble with your four-star Vipers. Um, it certainly didn't. It's a, definitely a list I'll have to practice against um, in case I run into into that later. You lost that one, so now you're one one, correct? Going around three. A little bit of pressure, um, but you know, it, it felt doable. So heading up into round three, next opponent I drew. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. 
Um, but it was four SFs and Kylo. But yeah, he had uh, four SFs. I think he had optics and crack shot on the SFs. And then Kylo, I think near enough to naked, but Kylo needs no needs no upgrades. You know, he's all about that shirtless challenge. <laughs> Very Kylo. He um he brought up the SFs kind of like in a brick together. Um, I can't remember if he had you know, I think it was like three or four of them. Um, and then Kylo kind of held out in a flanking position. I don't really remember a ton of the details of this game. It was just a lot of uh, I really can't. <laughs> Unfortunately, this one's been lost. <laughs> oh, you played a lot of games. Yeah, like I, I want it, but I don't remember it being by a ton. Yeah. I got a at some point. I think I remember getting a lucky shot on Kylo that did a bunch of damage. Nice. Yeah, that guy could just you know can hook in there. I think there was a lot of blocks. I think Kylo stayed stressed for like three or four turns because he just kept one harding um, on the back of my formation and taking a couple of pot shots at the back of me. Hmm. Um, so that one, I you know I, I crawled it out at the end, um, but it was definitely a challenging game. Now you're uh, two and one, and then you get called up to go on Gold Squadron. <laughs> uh, we're like we're we're about halfway set up, and I think my opponent for this run was Jill. Um, I didn't catch her last name, but we're we're about halfway set up, and uh, one of the guys walks over to ask us over to 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 be on stream, and um, Jill was just looked absolutely enthusiastic. She's like, "Oh my God, yes." So, I mean, it looked like it was, she was going to have a great time being on stream, and I'd never actually been on Gold Squadron's stream game stream before, so I'm like, you know, let's give it a shot. I think I played a bit more sloppy than I normally do on this one. Um, so I had set up center board, did her aces in a fan. I think she had Vader more or less straight across from me, and soon turned Duchess up on my right. My little triangle of death was on the left, so I made the one heart towards the triangle of left. Uh, towards the triangle of death, and then I, um, I didn't call the amount of aggression that she was going to throw at me, and I just because usually if I think I'm going to get you know get rushed, I'll uh, I'll throw the one I'll throw a boost in there after I do the hard turn, to just kind of uh, get to the get to the uh, corner a turn earlier, and I didn't do it. Like I, I'm, I'm like no way. I'm looking at the cross board. I'm like, there's no way she rushes me. Um, so I do the one hard. I sit pat, and then she's like I think a three bank and a roll or something with Vader and Vader's like now practically at the middle of the board. And then there's a couple of strong move, you know, strong, fast moves out of Duchess and uh, soon tier. Um, at this point I realize I'm like next turn I'm getting jumped and I, you know, not really where I need to be. So normally like, you know, it's the hard, the one, and then I go, then I fade into the corner on turn three, but I'm like, I'm going to have somebody on me and I can't just be sitting there getting shot in the back. So one of the audibles that I can call with the opening is just, you know, just throw the three bank on uh, the next turn instead of doing the two straight. It kind of works, but it puts me up a little bit, you know, not quite far enough towards the flank and a little bit more far forward than I like to be. And it definitely caused me some problems later in the game because I couldn't quite turn around as well as I needed to. Because um, I was in the, you know, basically I was too close to my own triangle of death. Um, and then she comes in, I think we're fighting on turn three, because I managed to get, you know, turned around to face back towards Duchess and Soontir. And then Vader comes in, lines up a rocket shot through the rock, 
gets mm. all five hits, and I think I only put up one symbol. Yeah, I think this is right when I when I tuned in because I was that whole like weekend I was out and about throughout the house and like we went to the zoo and stuff. And I remember yeah. seeing this. I'm like, man, like what is happening? <laughs> um, so yeah, she smacks that one one viper pretty hard. Fortunately, he's like far enough towards the top of my formation that uh. Soontier and Duchess didn't really have a good beat on him, so they I think they shoot at shoot at one of the other guys. I get lucky and clip a hit off of off of Duchess because I think she forgot I had a crack shot. She said as much right, like right after she, you know, called her defense roll. I'm like crack shot, and she's like, oh, crap, I forgot you had it." Um, I mean, to be fair, I had one other guy that was gonna fire, so saving the token wasn't wrong. But I think yeah, that one damage helped me burn down burn down Duchess. But just like after, as the game mixed up and um, she chased me into the corner, um, I kept you know ending up on the wrong side of some calls. She made a bunch of really tight calls on me and had position most of the game. I remember she was in the lead for the almost the entire game. Um, I think I threatened Soontier enough to make him start running, and then you know Vader had she played KG with Vader. And it's like right as I got Soontir to start running away, Vader came back in, and then he took like a range one shot through a rock, and then blew, you know, obliterated another one of my guys. Um, so I had, I think it was like two. Um, I either had one crippled and two vipers, or two vipers versus Vader and Soontir. Um, But I was in a good position to meet Soontir as he came back in, blew up Soontir. And I think it cost me my last, uh, or my second to last Viper. So then it was just heads up Vader. I think I had Vader on like four health. It was like just above half. Yeah, I was three and a shield. And then I had, um, I think I was only down a shield on my, on my last guy. So I was losing, but if I could half Vader and not, you know, get halved myself, I'd creep ahead. And then I come in, I think on the last round, I'm just like, I do two straight, and I, I, I could swear I'm like just close enough that I might be out of Vader's arc um, if he came in straight. And then she came in, tried to roll to make sure she had the arc. The roll failed, but I, um, uh, but I wasn't far enough to the side to get out. And then she throws a pretty solid hit. I think it's like I think she did like three or four hits. It was three hits, or it was yeah, it was four hits, right? And then you rolled triple natty evades. <laughs> The dice really, I got outplayed for a lot of that, and the dice just saved me. I came back and sink, you know, through rule three hits or hit hit crit or something. Oh yeah, yeah, you rolled, you rolled two hits and a crit, and you had a target lock, and you didn't spend it. Like I was like screaming at the screen, um, <laughs> like spend the target lock, and then luckily he, or she didn't roll it off anyways to block it, but. It was like yeah. driving me nuts. <laughs> I almost never target lock with Star Vipers. I think it was just you know it was like more like a no balls Soonter won't come fight me. I'll throw I'll throw the lock down a couple turns before that, but um, it was it was only won by the nearest of margins. Um, definitely a really challenging game and can show what happens if you uh, if you, you know you're going into the corner but you don't call it. Your opponent's going to be there with you next turn. It can hurt. <laughs> So definitely a good challenging game. At this point, I'm three and one. I'm feeling a little bit better about the uh, about the run. It would it would be a big swing. You would be if you lost that one. You would have been two and two, and like you have to win out. Or is this one you're three and one, and you still have the gimme? Uh, so like, 
it just feels a lot better winning that game. Round four always seems like that turning point. So I'm feeling like real good. I'm like, okay, I got a chance. And then I line up on round five and it's Sunfac with an I3 drone swarm. Ooh. And I'm like, this is, I think, the number two list that I feel like I have to normally punt to. Um, Sunny and Cher being the one that I'm probably most afraid of just because Star Vipers and Nantex don't get along well. So this one, I, I'm like, I'm just going to stick to my plan. I know my, I know the movements. I know the corner really well. And I, you know, I think, think despite the tractors, I know it better than most of my opponents. Um, there's only one Nantex in this list. And if I just make sure to be, you know, have everybody facing him when, I, when it comes time to get there, I can hopefully just, you know, trade something for Sunfac and then win versus the drone. I can't remember. I think he had a 10-point bid, so he gave me the initiative. Um, so that way I couldn't arc dodge his drones. Um, so mm-hmm. I think he had I-3s, and I believe he did have struts. So one of the things I found out uh, with Star Vipers versus drones, um, and I ended up using this in a couple other matches, is you still want to fight them in the rocks. Um, when you're fighting drones in the open, um, they can shoot up and get blocks and do all kinds of things like that. When you're fighting drones in the rocks, they their projection on where they can go to be is a lot less. Um, so you, it's actually a lot easier to play around them when they're in the rocks. Um, also, one of the things that came into, into, into effect for this game was the fact that you can only have two per rock. So, you know, he's got a nice, you know, tight swarm. Um, so I'll, I'll get more into that in the battle rep. So he lines up um, towards the board edge, basically on the same side as my triangle of death. I decide that I want to come in and I basically want to joust the swarm because I've got crack shot. And I figure if I can't get Sunfac, I want to line up and just murder three drones. Um, so that there's just not enough pieces left for, you know, Sunfac to help out. Some, you know, I can't initiative kill, but I can at least just, you know, remove them quickly. Um, so I line up, I go to, I go to my corner. I think I even boost to get there a turn earlier. So on turn two, I'm lined up on the corner, dead across from his drones. He, uh, my opponent decides that he doesn't want to take that joust. Um, so he barrel rolls over to the side to line up on the rock and basically move his entire swarm out of, um, crack shot line. And then as we're, you know, getting ready to, to joust, um, on the turn of, instead of, I like, I threatened to four straight because I had initiative, I could block him. I'm like, I'm just going to get up in there, jump in front of him and block. But I'm, you know, threatening the move, but instead of doing it, I do a hard two, and then I, um, I think I fold barrel roll to a hook back, um, at a 45 looking at the, at the, bo- basically where the flank of his drones are. And I just kind of bet, you know, I bet, and I bet, and I bet hard that he was going to bring Seer in that turn, um, to run deep on the flank. Um, and I got lucky with the call, and it was, sure enough, it was the turn that he did it, and I lined up Seer at, like, range two of one of my guys, and range three of the rest, um, so he didn't have a boost into range one, and he didn't have a barrel roll that could take him out of any arcs, or really into any protected position. Um, so, with Sunfac facing the music against the entire swarm, I was able to um, able to burn him down uh, through the... He only had the one evade token. Um, and then the following round, when he came in, because he had cut himself short to avoid the block, he didn't quite reach the rock. Um, so he had, like, three guys behind a giant asteroid and two off to the side. 
So he had to actually bank one of the guys out of the fight um, to avoid taking rock damage. Um, and then the other, you know, two landed on the rock, two came on the outside of the rock. And then I got in and I, I not quite initiative killed because he was I3, but I got three dudes. Um, I killed three of his drones in, one, in another round of fighting. Um, so at that point, it was just two guys left um, versus... I think he he took like half on uh on one of my star vipers knocking it with the structural damage. Um, um but at that point the game was pretty much the tempo of the game was it, it was my game there, you know, around round or two later. Um I just I had too many pieces left left versus it. Um yeah. So this was definitely a, a change of pace after the last round. You made a pretty incredible call. I, I believe you said uh, Seer, but did you mean Sunfac when you called them with the... Yeah, Sunfac, sorry. Yeah, no worries. So after, after that round with Vader, Soontir, and Duchess, where, where you, she, uh, your opponent had called you pretty hard, uh, I imagine this was kind of a boost to your confidence coming back and just slapping Sunfac, um, calling him right when you needed to. Yeah, it, it um it definitely it definitely felt good to to take down one of my two bugbears. Um but I mean I felt good about it, but I mean at the same time I knew it was because, you know, I called the you know, I called the flank move and I got it right. Um if my opponent had been more conservative, um one round later I'd be fighting Sunfac plus the entire swarm. Um so that could just as easily have gone the other way for me. Um but it, you know, it did felt like a good, you know, lucky break. At this level uh, of competition, like you're gonna need lucky breaks. Like you had the good dice on stream, and then you called the um, right move in this game. Like for a run like this, you have to have good things happen at the right time. Skill for it there to actually have a chance for good things to happen. Yeah, so at this point I'm four and one. I've got two more rounds to win one more game, and I'm like, you know, at this point I'm like, I'm I'm sure I'm gonna make the I'm gonna make the cut. Um, so I was feeling feeling strong about it at this point. So we line up for my next one. Um, and this is where I actually get to fight a Swiss opponent in Swiss. I believe the game's uh, the gentleman's name was Michael. I don't remember his last name. <laughs> Um, but he had Jendon, uh, the Grand Inquisitor with concussions and I think fire control and uh, two more Inquisitors. Oh, and he had Sense on a Grand Inquisitor and uh, two more Inquisitors with concussions and I think fire control. Same list that won um, a system open or no, got final table as system open like about a month or two ago. Yeah, so I think um, I had, I can't remember if I had the bid on this one or not, but it was close. I think I. I can't remember if we rolled off for it or not, but at the end of the day, I got to decide what to do with the initiative. And it was a hard choice just because we have a Sense Inquisitor plus I3 with, you know, I3s with boost and barrel roll. Um, but in the end, I decided that, you know, I was just going to let him have his way with Sense. Um, he doesn't have double reposition and... Um, the amount of tempo that I get with controlling the engagement by giving him the initiative was way more valuable than anything he'd be able to do with sense. Um, so this one, um, he set up, I think he had the shuttle and the two regular Inquisitors on my right-hand side, and then he had, in, had the Grand Inquisitor started near them, um, but he had the Grand Inquisitor running along the top end of the board towards my left. Um, this one I 
you know, faded faded into the corner like I normally do. Um, and then by the time I reached the corner, uh, the Grand Inquisitor was at the top of the board, getting ready to flank down the top. The shuttle. Um, oh, I want to talk about rocks on this one. So I had the standard triangle of death that I can usually do. Um, but then on top of that, my opponent had been kind of adding to the cluster. So there was the three in the corner. There was another one north of it and then two more alongside. So like diagonally on my left, all of the rocks were there. Um, and I think he brought big rocks as well. Um, so it was very, very tight, uh, rock terrain, which was probably very bad for his shuttle. Um, and, um, after the game, my opponent had commented that, you know, I think, you know, that the terrain was, you know, we kind of lost the turn zero there. Um, so, you know, as I, as I go to the left and we kind of, you know, the board kind of develops at this point, I see he's got the shuttle and the two inquisitors, um, heading down my right side of the board. Um, and I can either, I can either go chase his inquisitor and, you know, kind of kick him off, you know, try to kick him off and then let the shuttle come behind. Or I could just try to get in there, and if I can pop the two regular Inquisitors, I make sense not mean that much. Because um, the only blocker he'll have at that point is the shuttle. So I opt in on the shuttle, figuring um, if I can line up a couple crack shots, I can pick off um, the regular Inquisitors on my way over. Um, and then the way it had lined up, um, just because of the rocks, he couldn't take his aggressive moves towards me as he would like. He even had to retreat one of the Inquisitors back, um, so I ended up splitting his force. So I think I fought on the first round. I fought his shuttle and one Inquisitor, um, which I didn't really do big damage on. Then the second round of fighting I had double bullseyes lined up on one Inquisitor, and then the other one was fighting at like very long distance, and Jendon was firing through a rock and off to the side. Um, and then the Grand Inquisitor, I think, was like a round behind, so he really couldn't get in position to flank quick enough. Um, because the Star Vipers can, you know, go from moving very slow to moving very fast, kind of quick, and I think I caught him for a trick there. Um, so I, you know, killed the Inquisitor on the second round of, or regular Inquisitor on the second round of combat, and then I got another Inquisitor the round after. Um, and I think I'd only given up, like, maybe a shield off of one of my Star Vipers. Um, at that point it was, the game had kind of been won. Um, I had, <coughs> I think three Inquisitors or three Star Vipers fighting the Grand Inquisitor and one of them that had kind of had to bug out around the rocks and was chasing and harassing the shuttle. Um, I got a couple of guys turned around and took a shot at the Inquisitor, at the Grand Inquisitor and knocked him off the board. Um, and then my opponent just had the shuttle left with, I think, a little over half left on him. Um, at that point, he conceded because there was just, not with, with all the rocks, there was no way he was going to effectively get the shuttle back into the fight. Um, so at that point, that puts me at um, the five and one um, that I needed to qualify. Were you pretty excited when you found, or not when you found out, you knew at five and one, but at that moment where you got that W... Uh, were you pretty stoked? You traveled all yeah. this way. And- um, like my, my goal going into this whole thing was go, I want to make cut at worlds. And then, you know, that's my, you know, I did good. Um, and something like at this point, I'm like, anything I do past this is, is gravy. 
Mm -hmm. um, so the following round, round seven, um, I line up against, uh, I believe the guy's name was Ryan Olson. Um, and he was flying a uh, eight-ship seer swarm. Um, and I think he had mentioned he had faced my archetype before. Um, he had seer, six initiative threes, and then one initiative one. Um, I don't think he had any struts in this list. Um, and, um, you know, we got in there and he was talking about trying to make a shot for best in, uh, best in faction. Um, but I think I had talked to the judge and found out that we're, you know, day, I, at this point, I wasn't sure whether day two was enough more Swiss or straight into the cut. And I found out it was cut and I'm like, Oh, you know, if I get another win, I might get a buy. Um, yeah. You know, that's one of the things I love about the format is it encourages play at all levels where, you know, if you're if you're just going up based on, you know, top X making the cut, um, once you're a lock for that, you know, why bother uh, going this one? You know, even if you're undefeated, you want to keep playing um, and keep fighting to get the, you know, there, there's, a, you know, advantages to getting the higher seed. Um, so I definitely really like that. Um, this guy, first off, master class on flying these. Um, he came at me full tilt with the eight eight ship swarm through the rocks. Like he didn't even care that the rocks were there. <laughs> um, he had no like, struts though. No struts, just just balls of steel. <laughs> Doesn't um, even need him. <laughs> and I mean, like you know, bringing him through the rocks. Like I think I knocked like I outmaneuvered so that like I think one or two of his drones couldn't shoot me on the first turn. Um, I had one guy that was just facing the music versus the whole swarm. The rest of it was kind of tucked off to the side. And I'm like, he's going to get his pound of flesh. Let me uh, at least kill this initiative one guy so I don't have to worry as much about blocks. Um, you know, and maybe I can kill him and take the shot. And then the dice just did not agree with me. Um, I didn't do really any damage on that way. And I think I did one or two hull to the initiative one guy. And he ate my ate my first Star Viper for a song. Um, I'm like, at this point, I'm like, well, at least I'm in the cut. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, I keep playing it out. Um, his seer had kind of taken a, a a parallel course along the back of his formation, um, and went to hook around another set of debris clouds towards the top of the board, um, and. Since I had kind of approached him in an angle, my my three Star Vipers were able to all line up on Seer, and I think I had one or two crack shots um, lined up on him. And Seer burns down in the following round. Um, I think he does some more damage to one of my Star Vipers. I don't remember if he kills him. Um, but with Seer being off the board, I'm like, okay, all of his crack shots are gone. Um, and I've got, you know... You know, I, I can't initiative kill anybody, but I get to move after him and dodge arcs. Um, so I spend the next couple of rounds trying to dodge blocks, getting blocked a couple times, narrowly missing blocks a few times. Um, and I get the two Star Vipers split up so that I can try to, you know, do some wolf pack tactics. Um, and we get towards the end game, um, and I think I miss a block, or he misses a block by like a millimeter. Um, like he called my move, it just. You know, the way the templates measured, he, he couldn't quite, you know, get the guy into, into the position. He did everything to, you know, if the measurements had been different, he did, you know, he knew what I was doing and would have had the block. Um, but the Star Vipers can shift position so much with their post move. Um, 
that I went, you know, oh, look, you missed. I'm going to, I'm just going to leave. I, I did the math and I'm like, I think I might be up. Um, you know, just, he had, I think six ships left to my two, but like they were all on, almost all of them were half health. I think all but like one or two of them. And then I'd shot, took half points on one of his guys. Um, and I only left him two shots on the end and they weren't, weren't able to chip through on the, uh, on the last star Viper. Um, I think I won the game by 16 points, so I didn't need to half the last guy, but um, it was close. In fact, it was like so close, like it looked um, until we went, like sat down and did the math, it looked like I was losing the game. Um, in fact, I talked to somebody the following day, and the guy was like, My condolences on your loss on that last game. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I know it looks like it, but I actually won. Um, but yeah, Ryan was definitely. Very strong opponent, um, and the way he flew those was masterclass. Yeah. Um, so if, if I could just come in and comment for a second, you mentioned that he had no struts at all. Um, I think that's one of the first like vulture swarm lists I've heard of in a while that doesn't have the uh, the struts on them because those are like a staple right now. I think. Yeah. Um, he just he had eight. He just had you know he had the ocho going, so he had tons of bodies. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, like I said, he 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 was also you know he was also five and one going into that last match, so um, he knew what he was doing with them, and he flew them well. Um, I think he made it up to like top sixteen or top eight. I can't remember which. Oh wow, good for him! Yeah, he he took them pretty far. Um, so that was my day one. Um, so I ended the record with six and one. I was not the best scum. There was another fellow um, that actually managed to go seven and zero oh with a scum list. Wow, what was that one? Um, I can't remember. It had Unkar in it, um, and a bunch of other like stuff. Unkar, I never got around to Yeah, Unkar, Tarani, and a couple other things. Uh, oh, wow, very very strong list. But probably like, Seer, because Seer's amazing. You mean Seabor? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But it was yeah. I couldn't quite get the get the shiny templates, but I was the number two scum player that day, so that felt good. Um, nice work. Yeah. So the next day um, is your, you know, I, I, that was on Thursday. Um, so I lined up for day one A because I wanted a wanted a day of rest between you know Swiss and if I made cut. Um, that and we'd have enough time that if I rocked out, you know, if I didn't make day two, um, I was out there with my wife, so I figured we could, you know, go do some more touristy shit if I rock out. Uh, so. Uh, but I had to go be belligerent and make day two. <laughs> so, um, so day two, I found out you know six and one was good enough for a buy. So I didn't get to didn't get didn't have to play round uh, the top one twenty eight round. Um, so I just kind of watched the uh, watched the match with my would be in, uh, with my would be opponents, and um, well, I thought I thought Sunfac. And the swarm was my number two uh, list that I didn't want to see, and I thought that until Andrew Knuckles won his hundred top one twenty eight game, and he had a SureTech Seer DFS three eleven with struts and three drones with discords and struts, um, and I went, okay, this is the real number two list I don't want to see, because uh, <laughs> at least when you kill Seer, you get eighty points. SureTech. As far as my Star Viper is concerned, Shurtek and Seer or, or Shurtek and Sunfac are the same. 
except Sun or SureTech costs the same price as my freaking Star Viper. Um, <laughs> so that feels, you know, super awesome. Um, so it worked for me last time. So I'm like, all right, let's just play the Triangle of Death. He's going to get me with SureTech, and that's that's just going to be life. Um, he had struts and like, you know, that same principle I discovered before where, you know, vultures on struts are predictable, um, and can't block you as good. Um, so, you know, I headed to the corner, um, he, you know, came in to meet, um, he perched, I think two of his guys on rocks. Um, he had two more drones that were coming around the outside, um, and then on the turn that we were coming in, um, I did a hard turn, but then I boosted into the rock cluster. Um, and I lined up a couple of range three bullseye shots on EFS 311. Um, when most, I think he only had one other shot that was going to be in range. Um, well, it was going to be one other shot. And then he tractored SureTech over and double boosted uh, Seer to get Seer a range three shot. That was really well played. Um, I actually didn't account for him being able to bring um, move Seer the second with the second boost uh, when I was doing the post moves. That kind of reminds me when you had the oh, the the uh, Drea swarm. Yeah, the Drea swarm where you would tractor your own guy to launch him up to then tractor your opponent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been uh, getting hoisted by my own petard there. Um, <laughs> so I managed to I think I managed to pick off DFS three eleven. Um, and I either do it for, like, no damage or one shield. Um, but I am set up to go into the middle of the rock cluster the next turn, which is eh, not the best. Um, so the next round, I come in. Um, I kind of get this fan facing towards where SureTech's going to be. Um, uh, Seer comes in, and I arc dodge one of the guys to line up on Seer. Uh, one of his drones. Um, I got another guy at range one. Uh, bullseye lined up on a different drone. Um, I have another guy sitting right in the middle of it, and I just tried to pack the center so that he wouldn't have a lot of room to maneuver. Um, I was expecting him to come in with like a three bank, bump on a guy, lose an action. Um, and I'm like, okay, maybe he'll tractor somebody and I can put three into SureTech and just murder him um, and just make the whole rest of this game easy. Um, except he's a little bit more conservative. He doesn't take SureTech straight in. He does like a straight move, which gives him the option to um, adjust himself positionally with the barrel roll to either commit harder or go to the flank with SureTech. Um, so he kind of did a move that covered both bets. Um, and then he rolled one of my Vipers onto a rock, and then like after looking at the way the board lined up, I'm like, I only had... I think one range three through a rock crack shot lined up on SureTech, another guy at like range two, and then another guy at like range two or three through a rock. And I'm like, this isn't really enough firepower to get the kill um, on SureTech. Um, so I decided to call an audible. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to let SureTech go. He's got to drive over a rock next round. Um, you know, I can probably disengage depending on how much damage I do. And I actually managed to get two initiative kills um, on two more of his drones. Um, and then I roll four hits going into Seer, and then Seer just blanks out. Um, and eats four no, damage. No Solus 1 or anything? No, I was, uh, I think I was heads up with, the, with that guy. Um, so I was facing him straight on. Um, 
and uh, that you know it picked up a ton of points. It pulled enough pieces off the board that um, he had plugged. I had one the one viper he had rolled. He put me so that I was completely on a rock. Um, my next move was going to go over like by the hairest of a millimeter. Um, I was going to hit the rock again next turn, um, and I was covered on the back. So he plugged me with one of the uh, discord missiles. And since, you know, you couldn't, you know, it covered my base, but it couldn't be placed. It was just, hey, look, free damage um, into the Star Viper. Um, I think he could have hit me with another Discord missile, but I think he was counting on the fact that he'd have enough firepower to kill off the Star Viper. Um, but I kind of surprised him with the double initiative kill on the drones. Um, at that point, um, a couple rounds later... Um, I've picked off the last uh, trade fed drone. I've kind of disengaged two of my guys um, through the north end of the rock cluster. And then the guy that he'd put on the rock, I had him running for it on the south end. Um, and then Seer comes up to go fence with the two guys that I had disengaged with. And then Shurtek um, goes into a running chase battle with the guy that I had on half health that was running along the south end of the board. One of the things I found is Nantex are not the best at long-running engagements. Um, so I'm like, you, if you try to chase down a Jedi, you're just never going to catch them. Um, Star Viper is doing three straights aren't long enough to keep out of it eventually. Um, you get caught on the corners, I found out. Um, so I had one where I had run for a couple turns, then tried to reverse course and two-bank and roll um, back into it. But there was, you know, I was in that spot where you had no way to avoid getting... Uh, getting caught and tractored um and Sunfact, you know picked up the spare on that guy but i had led him on enough of a merry chase that um i had the other two guys fighting seer on the complete opposite end of the board um i gambled a bit trying to get you know put the kill on seer and then my dice stopped rolling for me and uh i just like quit doing damage to seer and gave up half points on another uh star viper like i went from I'm handily winning this to um, Knuckles was, he was making points. Like he picked off the guy that Chertek was chasing. He won another couple half points on the two fighting Seer. Um, and we're, you know, the clock's running down at this point. Um, at this point, did you know who was ahead? Um, I figured I was up by just a smidge. Um, I was, I realized I was doing the math wrong, but um you know, I'd, I'd done, I'm like, I'd done more, like, I'd done more damage to you. Um, I didn't realize how close it was. Um, but I figured I was up by just, you know, just a smidge. Um, and then I get to the end and he's like, you know, he's doing like the one hards, just trying to be obnoxious with Seer and keep me from getting beads on him. Um, so at the end, I do like a, I do, I have to throw it a sloop to get a bead on Seer with the guy that was at higher health. Um, and then I do like a one straight with the other guy, not worry, you know, I don't care if I get a shot there. I just want to have a token when Shurtek comes back into the fight. Um, so Shurtek gets back into the fight basically on the last round. Um, and I get one shot on Seer, but I don't do any damage. And then he takes like the range three shot on the guy who had like one, you know, one damage on him. Um, that one damage away from half health on him. Um, and I, uh, Managed to block it because I'm at range three with, you know, four defense dice. Um, we calculate out the points, and the final score is 124 points to 123 points. Oh, man. Oh! Um, so I won that one by a single point. Um, but it was definitely, definitely well played. Um, 
couple of lucky breaks, couple of good calls. Um, it was a very interesting game. Must have been like heartbreaking for him to lose that one. <laughs> yeah, he he didn't seem happy about it. I've been and I've been <laughs> on that frustrating thing where it's like you know a a fu- you know frustrating loss right at the last second because um, mm. he was making such good str- you know strides like played out another couple rounds. I think he might have had it. Um, then uh, top thirty two was against Carlos Garcia. Um, I believe he was the Spanish na- national champion. Um, he had a, a seer swarm that was mostly I ones. Um, but it was like a variety pack. Um, he had one, he had a hyena, he had a hyena and then another trade fed drone that had discords. He had three more trade feds that were naked. He had two of them that had struts. Um, so it was like, you kind of really, I mean, he had them all well marked so you could, you know, you could follow what he had and what was on it, but you had to definitely pay attention. And then this one, I think we spent a lot of time you know, chucking and jiving, trying to figure out where where the approach was going to go, um, going to go through the rocks. Um, and when it, you know, it finally came in, um, the Star Viper's ability to, you know, basically play six moves at once was my biggest asset where, you know, I'd faint like I'm going to go around the rock one way, then jump over to the other side of the rock and start fighting the other half of the swarm. And it's a lot, a whole lot of just not big amounts of damage being, you know, killed. Like, I think I, I got one guy, but I spent most of my crack shots getting that guy, or that guy, and then I next round I killed the bomber. Um, so I don't like, I think I only killed two pieces off of his swarm. Yeah, I killed two of the pieces off of his swarm, and at this point I had three of the guys that were off to the left of the swarm, and then one guy that was set up where I could come back in on a flank. And it was to the point where I had the move dialed up to come back in and just, fl- you know, with the flank guy and bring the flank guy in. And, like, I looked at the board one last time, and I'm like, if he wants to, he could throw a reversal on me. Um, so I decided to, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to do the two straight and see if that, like, shoots just past where he would, you know, he was going to self-bump Seer to try and leave Seer in front of me. And I do the two straight instead. Um, instead of like one banking to come in and sure enough, he, he throws the reversal brings like all of his remaining drones facing towards the sky. Um, but the self bump on seer, just cause he had two guys at a diagonal seer moved too far, um, too far into, uh, you know, his butt kind of came out from in front of me. Like if I had done the one straight or the one bank, um, he'd hit me, but like the two straight was just enough to get past him. Um, and then when you clear the move, you can, you know, you know, I looked at me, I looked at the position, went, okay, following turn, boost. Um, and by that point, um, I don't think I really had enough to come back. You know, all the other guys were on the disengage where they were going to re-rack on the top end of the rocks and then, you know, come in for another pass. But I think by that point, the clock had run down. Um, and it was, like I said, we were kind of, you know, chatting as much as we could. Um, I don't speak very good Spanish. Um and I'm not sure how much English Carlos um, could speak, but you know, <laughs> we could, you know, we knew what each other were doing, um, and we had a great time. So uh, it was definitely a really challenging game. You're now top 16. I was gonna say it's nice, like you're playing the national champion of um, where was it at? As a national champion of Spain. And then you played a Swiss opponent. Are you playing podcast hosts and stuff like? 
it's nice to see like you're going to worlds and you're facing these like top players and now you just made all the way to top 16 facing probably arguably the best x-wing player in the world next round uh top 16 i line up against uh duncan howard who is probably if anything it could be uh you know described as x-wing royalty um he's got jendon redline and soon tier and you know his reputation precedes him so it was definitely lining up to be a difficult game and he's got you know redline and jendon locked up in a corner um to do the you know the the, the typical you know I joked about the white stop, and he, you know, corrected me. No, it's the blue stop as he uh, self bumps into the Punisher, and then I think he had the Punisher set up behind Soontier to bump Soontier for one turn, <laughs> and then Soontier kind of you know just drops along the side of the board. But you know, it's that standard thing where you're waiting a turn to see how your opponent, you know, how your opponent's going to develop his board. Yeah. So you know, I'm like, so he's on my upper left. I go on the upper, you know, I go head towards the right corner. Um, and by the time I get to my corner, I think he's got the Punisher and, uh, Jendon are at the top center board. Um, he's throwing like a ton of locks out. It was like, that was intimidating. Uh, <laughs> Jendon was redlined with, uh, freaking Krennic on so, the shuttle and soon has got a target computer and I got like three or three locks on one of my guys, another one on, on, on the guy behind him. I'm like, yeah, there's no shuffling that I'm going to be able to do to, you know, like sometimes, like if somebody uses Jendon, I'll like shuffle the position of my Vipers to put the guy that they locked at the back, or you know, somewhere where I can dump him out of the fight if I need to. But it's still, like, I'm looking at, it, I'm like, it's just not worth the effort here. Um, so you know, go to the corner, do the reversal to come back along the south of the board. And I'm like, all right, I need to chase Soontier and like kind of pry him out of the corner so that he just isn't coming in on my side. Um, so I throw a couple of fast moves along the bottom of the board to, you know, make him disengage with Soontir and he's no fool, you know, he, he dialed up the conservative moves so that he could, you know, if I came in, um, he bails. And if I don't, you know, he, you know, he rolls in and doubles down on the approach. Um, so, you know, I threw, you know, through the arcs that way, he bails out with Soontir, um, but he's like, not really, you know, when I say bail, he's not in a position where he has to leave the fight. You know, the following turn, if I don't press the attack on Soontir, which I, you know, I, I then threw the reversal towards, uh, um, towards, uh, Death Rain or Redline. And then I, when I, you know, I lined up on a rock and I'm like, okay, I think I know his next move. He's got to do the one bank. And then the only thing I was waiting for was to see if he had, um, if he coordinated a boost with the shuttle. Um, cause I, you know, was like a little bit worried about him throwing like a coordinated boost. Um, and then I'm doing the, you know, like a too hard or something else to, you know, come in in a radically different position. Um, but since the shuttle moved first, I kind of got to see his, you know, advanced sensors move if he wants it. So I'm like, you know, when I don't see the boost come out there, I'm like, okay, I got you. There's only one way you can come in. Um, but I left one of my guys a smidge too far. Like the guy in my back left, uh, wasn't in position to get his fire on, um, you know, and Soontir was going to come on the flank, but I'm like, you know, I did enough to keep him from getting in my side, um, like just in my side and back. Um, and sure enough, Soontir, you know, he, he knew he knew right when the time was, like he, he brought a move to bring Soontir back in. And if I had doubled down on Soontir, he could have, you know, repositioned out. Um, but he lines two two attackers up on my front left guy. 
blows like I think knocks like I think two or three damage into that guy. Um and I do four or five damage to Redline in exchange. Um and one of the guys, I wasn't sure I could really get around the block. It was more, I'm like, I'm going to throw the one bank and pray, and you're probably going to finish him off anyhow because he's damaged. Um, the rest of them, I was far enough back that, you know, I you know one banked one guy out, and then I was going to one bank him and then boost. And then after I one banked, I looked at the board, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I can just throw this guy right in front of Redline, and this will be dirty. I saw that you did that barrel roll and just barely squeaked um, to pretty much... You were straight, and then you banked to the right, and then barreled back to the same position you were, just on the other side of the rock. Yeah, which is definitely a that's like one of those Star Viper only moves. Um, or it's like you know, after I did the first bank, I'm like, wait a minute, I can just kind of jump right back in here, and I'm like, either I'll get a range one shot on Redline as he comes in, or I'll bump him, and you know, I've got like a perfectly lined up shot on the shuttle, so I can start working the shuttle. Um, so I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Sounds good. Um, you know, so I flipped him back into the fight. Um, and then, uh, part of the reason I'd also done that was like, you know, to play safety. If he had barrel, like if he had coordinated a barrel roll onto, um, red line or a boost or something, I could, you know, from that side position, I could maybe try to roll him in front of red line to block him if I needed to. Yeah, you know, so I brought him back online. The other guys just kind of folded. You know, I think they kept straight because they had enough room to play around the back. Um, and then we, you know, traded fire for a couple more turns. It took me like I think three rounds to kill Redline, which was really a lot more than I thought that should have taken. Um, but you know, I'd left those. I'd left that one guy out of the fight on the first round, so that was part of why. Um, and then I think when the dust settled on that on that on that little scrum in the middle, I was up. I killed Redline and got half on the shuttle. Um, and then Sutir was, you know, getting ready to come around the flank. Uh, you know, so at this point, I'm like, all right, I need to go. You know, run off to the side, regroup, um, and go three v one versus Sutir. Um, you know, just. Yeah, that's why I shot up to the upper right hand of the board. I'm like, if I can get all my guys together um, with the three of them working in concert, hopefully I can burn down soon here before he has a a chance to bring the shuttle back in. I think that's an important um, strategy for people to use. It's kind of just regroup. You just had the major engagement, major part of the game. The dust dust settled, and now you have to like regroup and um, attack again before the end of the game. Um, and make that one last push. A lot of people like they just try to keep forcing the issue too much, and that's when they get in trouble. Because uh, if you force the issue, then the shuttle would have had some nice shots on your guys. Soon tier would have been coming around faster. I was I was definitely thinking about chasing the shuttle. Like I had maneuvered that one guy to take a four straight on the bottom end of the rock. I just wanted to threaten going after the shuttle. And like after I'd set up, I kind of did the math, and I'm like, I don't think the shuttle's gonna like you know I. I'm like, if I chase him, he's just going to start reinforcing with that shuttle, and I'm never going to get, um, I'm never going to get all of the all of the points that I need off of that shuttle. Plus, you know, if I'm busy looking at the shuttle, soon here will be, you know, right behind me, tapping me on the shoulder, going, "Hey, how's it going?" With Krennic and always getting the shield. Yeah. So yeah, like, like I threatened it, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to. I did not want to commit to that line of attack, so. Star Vipers are really good at regrouping just because they can play so many positions that they can, 
you know, move sideways and just kind of put everybody back in the same area when they need to. Um, and then, you know, came around. I'd missed a, I think he did a five straight on one of the rounds that we had come in. Um, Duncan had like a good sixth sense about when it was right to spend the token and when it wasn't. Um, you know, it was like, I think he had one where he came in, he could have focused for three hits, but he's like, no, this isn't the time. And then I, sure enough, I fire back and, you know, that focus token that he didn't spend, save him, saved him a couple hit points. Um, so it was definitely a very, very tense, very tough match. Um, and it, uh, <laughs> It definitely felt like the end of a like a prize fight or something when you finished the end of it. So definitely, how was the mood at the table? Like, you had these very intense games so far. It was just like you guys were both like tensed up. It, it was all about like there was a little bit of banter at the beginning, but it was all very much you know business and moving moving while we were playing. So, um, we we're both just focused on our game. Yeah. So. To kind of kind of follow up on that, as you you gone through that first day, played a whole bunch of matches. Like as as you went through all these games, obviously this game was tense. It's getting into the top sixteen. Did you feel like each game was getting a little more tense, or were there? It, unfortunately, yeah. It, just the more the closer you got to the top, it felt um, it felt kind of more like a boxing match and less like a friendly game. Um, yeah. So the top eight game, um, the next one was Kalen Wong. Um, I think he's of uh, Toronto fame and with the VTT guys. Um, he had the It's the Resistance um, that you heard screamed at maximum volume all day if you're watching the streams. <laughs> creative list um, with uh, V, with uh, the GR75, Finn. Um, he did have pattern analyzer. He went optics. Um, optics heroic and uh, perspective co-pilot. Yeah, pro, yeah, the perceptive co-pilot. Um, it's just three hits all day, Fen. Then he had a generic A wing, Zari and Greer, all with I think crack optics um, and heroic. Um, and then this was a differently an interesting one. I did not want to be anywhere near him until um, it's the resistance, you know, activated. Um, just, you know, I'm like, last thing I need to do is go press an attack and then have Finn show up behind me. So, um, you know, slow boated it to the corner, waited for, um, waited for that condition to activate. And then Kalen, you know, realizing that I wasn't, you know, going to rush him until, you know, un until that condition came in. Um, he, he timed his approach perfectly so that he was able to shoot into, um, in into close range right as Finn was getting in there. Um and he had like a perfect net of you know, he had a guy, you know, guy a little bit left, a guy another guy running on my front, he had another A wing on the right, um, and then Finn on my back right. Um and at the same time he you know he had like the one move he could do to throw a block on me where he did the three hard, you know, barrel rolled and then boosted. Um like, you know, it's like I had seen it and I'd actually adjusted my dials to, to call it. Um, but I guess I misjudged the distance on my back right guy. Um, so, like, I had the everybody go bank one left. And then I had the front guy go bank one right because I'm like, okay, he's going to throw this block. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get anything going to the right, but I just don't want to be there. 
Um, and then the bank had carried me a little bit too far forward so that the guy on my back right still hit his block. Um, but fortunately, because I, you know, pegged off the other guy, um, you know, I got blocked and I was sitting, I think, closer to range three from Finn than range two. Um, so, you know, it made it hurt a little bit less. Um, and I think I had one or two crack shots lined up on Zari. Um, and then, you know, we throw dice for the first round of engagement. The one guy that I'd haired off to the right um, by, like, the barest of millimeters had arc on uh, on Greer. Um, and I think blew three hit points off of Greer, um, which kind of put him on life support, which made him play a lot more cagey with that piece than he really probably wanted to for the rest of the game. Um, and then uh, with crack shots lined up, I was able to blow Zari off the board. Um, and then I think he only got like one or two hit points off of the guy he caught a block on. Um, and that definitely, like, it set the tone for the game, difficulty-wise. Um, and at that point I've got, oh, I hope I didn't, oh, sorry, my screen went crazy. Um, at that point, um, I have initiative against most of the list. Um, the one guy he's got the dirt on with uh, with V was lined up to just kind of... That was the one I'd haired off from the flank. I also just didn't want that guy anywhere near V Marathi with, you know, with his I3 A-wing in front of me. Um, so that kind of helped encourage my decision to just kind of have him split off and run flank. Um, and then it was it was a lot of mixing and maneuvering that's really kind of hard to describe um games on stream if you really want to watch it um but you know it came down to i think i there are other big moments was i had a range one exchange with finn through a rock um and i roll i like i think i either natted four or rolled um modded to four i can't remember which i think i modded to four and then finn's giant dice just came up blank and i'd done a couple of damage with, with a crack shot earlier in the game um, but he only had two health left, so even with Finn's ability, he couldn't save himself. Ouch. Yeah. Um, and at that point, um, I had all I had. I think I'd already picked up V at that point, or she only had a little bit left. And then it was just uh, the initiative three A wing and Greer versus um, three of my Vipers. Um, you know, so we played that one out to the end. Um, and I think that one ended with just Greer versus two of my or three of my guys. I think might as well have been two because they're like I had a third guy, but he was all the way on the wrong side of the table. Um, and then uh, time got called on that one, um, and I don't know how I'd done it, but suddenly I'm I'm going to the top four. Bravo! Were you, were you nervous going into this top four match? <laughs> um, at this point, I'm like I. I'd gotten so much further than I had expected with the Vipers. I'm like, I don't even care. And the match with Kalen and Duncan had been kind of tense. And I mean, I was, I was thinking, man, if this is, you know, if, if this feeling is top level X-Wing, I'm like, I don't know that I want to go back. Um, so I was feeling a little bit down at this point. Um, and I get to the table with Ollie and he's got a big smile on his face. He gives me a big hug. And I'm like, I don't even give a shit if I lose at this point. <laughs> the lat, you know, the top four match. I'm like, okay, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. Not everybody is, you know, not everything is all business up here. Um, so 
I mean, you know, Ollie whooped me, but I think I probably had more fun in that game than any other game I had played. Yeah, Ollie is a very nice guy. He he's actually um I have an X Wing Slack channel and he's part of it and he talks with all of us, even though he's one of the great players out there. Um, he'll give list advice. He's very nice. Um, so I'm glad you're able to play him in the top four. Yeah. Um, tactically, um, he set up his approach really good. Like he had set up a nice wide net, you know, Vader all the way left, Inquisitor all the way right. Um, and then he had a whisper kind of set center. Um, and then even as I like shot up to kind of push um, push the Inquisitor off the flank, I just you know because I could either I, I I could either chase Vader or chase um, um, chase Inquisitor, and I decided to chase the Inquisitor because he's easier to catch. Um, you know, he throws a little bit less firepower, only has four health, um, and um, you know Vader has a harder time running for getting in because he's got to burn those afterburner charges. Um, so I figured I could at least get him to, you know, waste a couple of those charges, try just trying to make sure that Vader got to the fight. Um, but he had positioned himself, like, even as I was doing the four, you know, about to do that four straight, you know, he decloaks to the side um, to kind of lean, um, lean the Inquisitor, or not the Inquisitor, but lean uh, Whisper towards the Inquisitor. Like, he kind of, he read where I was getting ready to jump. Um, you know, so... He brought, you know, he brought all the pieces in to kind of fight me at the right place at the right time. Um, you know, I put some chase on the Inquisitor. Um, could go, you know, I think I might have gotten like one or two damage. I think I lined up a crack shot and got two damage on Inquisitor on like the second round of combat. Um, and then the following round, I had two range one uh, bullseye shots lined up. And um that was my one chance and it didn't work. Um, but you know, the, at that point, like I just, I couldn't get any damage through. What did, what did he do? What did he do to get you to do that four straight, um, and out, out of your, um, corner with the rocks that other opponents didn't do spread off. He was spread apart enough that if I knew that if I rushed him, I could get, I could get a round or two of fighting, with one of his aces not in the fight. So if I'd have stayed in the corner, he'd have brought all three of them in, and I would have fought all three of them at the same time. Um, mm. I by, you know, he was like, you know, his, his spacing was far enough apart that I'm like, if I turn at it and start rushing one of his aces, and the Inquisitor looked a little bit easier to rush than Vader, um, I could fight, you know, 4v2 for about two rounds. Um which I was hoping enough, you know, be enough to like kill or cripple an ace. Um, and with two guys, he really doesn't have enough firepower to kill one of my uh, star vipers. Um, especially if, you know, one of the guys is rutted. Um, and then, you know, I got the two rounds, didn't do enough damage. And then he flipped the talent roll with, uh, with inquisitor. Like he knew exactly when it was time to stop running you know, brought the Inquisitor immediately back into the fight as soon as was appropriate. Um, I got, you know, I got the one turn, you know, of Vader being a little bit of out of, out of position, burnt a, burnt a charge. Um, any other Saturday, I guess, could have, you know, could have been my game. But um, that one of my biggest sayings is like, you know, you talk about dice, but it's when your opponent's really good that the dice, you know, are your deciding factor, you know. 
Yeah, you briefly mentioned you briefly mentioned the Inquisitor doing that talon roll. Um, in Ollie's top thirty-two game, I think he did like two or two or three talon rolls with Inquisitor to like keep changing where he can go and keep making those. Is he going to go left? Is he going to go right? Um, and keep changing the approach and making it so difficult on his opponents. So I, I never seen the Inquisitors do talon rolls very much. I always see them stressing out. Uh, with a boost into the focus or evade. Well, having double focus definitely gives you, makes it feel less bad about doing that. Yeah. With the, the two forces. Yeah, so, you know, you can still put up a decent defense on the turn that you're flipping around, um, and then you're heading the other way, which might make it hard for your opponent to properly chase you or easier to get an arc dodge. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that was my top four. So, unfortunately... Um, got a little bit outplayed, got a little bit outdiced, and um, Ali uh, marked one up for the win. Um, so he went on to the uh, on to the finals. Um, and well, hey, if you know you gotta lose, at least you know at least I lost to the champ. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, no. So it was um, definitely a friendly game the whole way through, and um, I had a blast playing it. So it was a crazy run. Uh, Pretty stoked for you, Mitch, to go to Worlds, make top four your first time there at Worlds. Um, now everyone knows like the pain to face these Star Vipers that we've been experiencing for like a few years now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. See how many people start playing it. Yeah, are you gonna keep playing it for now, or are you gonna give it a little bit of a little bit of a break? Um, I'm gonna experiment with a few other things. Um. You know, I went and told people, hey, the key to screwing with them is good turn zero. So uh, I'm going to learn how to build the triangle of death on other people's sides of the board. <laughs> so <laughs> um, see, you know, experiment with a few other deployments and see if it really matters where that rock cluster is. Um, and then, you know, just improve my own game um, and see how it goes from there. Congratulations. Um, Mason, do you have any closing thoughts? Let's see. We talked about a lot of matches. Uh, <laughs> I've rambled a bit, I think. <laughs> well, I, I think that's all right. It's good to kind of dive in and, and take a look at what happened in those matches. Um, one thing you mentioned, especially in that last game with Ollie, where you forced you to do that for, well, he didn't force you to do the four forward. But if you always, if you can try to, gun it and catch ships uh, when they don't have the full roster firing at you, um, I found that that can be uh, devastating for your opponent if you can catch them with their pants down. Um, and that's, that's something that I've tried to kind of do recently. And um, when I'm teaching newer players uh, about the game, is at the end of the always mentioned, uh, if you can make sure all your ships are engaging in that first round, um, that, that can do a lot of work for you. Um, and then I'm I'm super just ecstatic to to know that you went that far with the Vipers when everyone was like when you first started flying and people were like what is what is this jank one of the things you said to me is a uh, at some point uh, you stop following the meta and start defining it so I think we might see some the rise of uh, the Star Vipers here to come in the next couple months I know I built the list and I might try to fly it a little bit so I might. Uh, See what I can do as your Star Viper apprentice. <laughs> well, if I had a lot, you know, 
try. It's definitely a interesting and um, fun list to fun list to play. You have any closing thoughts, Mitch? Any shout outs or anything? I had a brilliant time. Um, I had my wife came out there with me um, to kind of you know give me a little bit of cheerleading, <laughs> do a little bit of uh, sightseeing. Um, my friend Joe Good um, flew out there mainly to. Uh, Mainly to, as he's put it, mainly to watch me play. Um, so that was um, definitely, uh, definitely a touching moment. You know, realize you know somebody was willing to throw down cash and go fly across the country um, just to watch me push plastic spaceships around. And shout out to him; he actually uh, made it past the last chance qualifier, right? Um, yeah, he uh, he did the LCQ, um, but I think he went two and three um in the main event that's pretty good because he hasn't he hasn't really been playing at all right uh, he had been i think he said he had been out of the game for most of uh most of second edition um so like he played i think a bunch of matches just kind of training to you know training to get to worlds and he you know i think he went i think it was either like four two or th- a three three to make uh i think it was four two to make the uh make make it through the last chance um so he you know he put the work in did a little bit of training and it you know got him in into worlds see a little bit of minnesota play mini golf <laughs> <laughs> nice so that that'll be our episode guys um if there's nothing else um one last thing just want to say thank you to our sponsor again tmk clubhouse whether you're looking for a unique local gaming experience in the temecula valley online play, or to special order games and accessories, visit tmkclubhouse.com. Thanks again, Mitch. Like, you're normally a host, but today you were kind of a guest um, taking taking us through the walk um, through your worlds. Um, So again, thanks everyone for tuning in. Join us us again um, probably next month for another episode. And if you want to listen to us, um, we're on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Uh, We have a Facebook page. Leave a comment or review if you like our episode. Again, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thais is out.